Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. With a compact footprint, variety of unit options, and seamless system management, city multi-variable refrigerant flow zoning systems from Mitsubishi Electric Train, HVAC US are a one-stop solution for modular projects. With efficient operation and the ability to connect to commercial ventilation equipment, third-party systems, and comprehensive control solutions, City Multi VRF can help you meet energy and performance goals on your next project. From off-site development to on-site assembly, you can trust our manufacturer-level support to guide you from system selection to design to startup, no matter the application. To learn more about our offerings, visit MitsubishiPro.com. Welcome everyone, my name is John McMullen and I'm the Marketing Director here at MBI. Today I'll be speaking with Blair Davies, Chief Operating Officer at Catalyst Offsite. Blair is here to talk about the modular construction process and the specific steps that need to be followed for project success. Blair, thanks for coming on. My pleasure, uh, John. Thanks so much for inviting me. Uh, so tell me about yourself. What's your background and, and how did you get into the modular construction industry? Well, it's a bit of a long winding road, uh, which happens in life. Uh, the, uh, I'm an engineer. I've been growing technical engineering-based businesses my whole career. Um, that involves uh, starting off in the building industry and then 20 years in tech dealing with electronic, aerospace, and automotive. Very tight design for manufacturing uh, processes and supply chains. And then I re-entered the building industry in about 2005. I uh, fell myself naturally into the facade business. Uh, I own another company that does that. And uh, um, uh, in that world, combining engineering and architecture just uh, fit like a glove. One of the things that I saw happening, though, uh, was the construction process was wrong. And it was wrong because I saw it being done right in the manufacturing world. So I've always been trying to find that, that tight collaboration, the design for manufacturing, um, the, you know, how the supply chain meets customer needs, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I have a lot of interest in prefab wall systems with facades on them. Mm -hmm. And it's being done uh, around the world. Uh, so I'm very intrigued by that area. So then I, I went to see Julian Bowron uh, maybe a couple years ago. And I showed him what I wanted to do. Uh, Julian's an inventor type, and he says, I can do that, but I got something more important. And he started showing me what he's doing in modular and full volumetric modular. And uh, wow, uh, my, my eyes lit up. Um, and uh, I, I'll explain a little more as we go forward here. Sure. Uh, so tell me about Catalyst Offsite. Uh, it's a relatively new venture, is that right? Yeah, it's actually started in 21. Uh, we started another business with a, uh, a frame system in 2020. And in 21, we, uh, the purpose of Catalyst Offsite is to help people transition uh, towards world-class offsite uh, manufacturing and construction. So we, uh, it's a bit of consulting, but I kind of hate that word. We really roll up our sleeves. Uh, we are trying to help people get supply chains, design, factories, uh, you know, the whole process. And we've built up some really uh, strong content in equipment budgets, uh, um, uh, you know, HR, org arts, 
QC processes, supply chain uh, uh, selections, the whole game from all the way from concept to delivering to a job site. And then as well as just providing knowledge, we are uh, experts in design and manufacturing of very high precision uh, production equipment, things like welding fixtures and jigs. And, you know, these are large scale, uh, high precision systems. So w with all this experience that you have, all these uh, knowledge that, that you've gained, you've been around the industry for quite a while now. Your company's fairly new, as you said, but um, how do you help those who are new to modular? We're talking about traditional owner developers, for example. How do you help them wrap their heads around the concept of modular construction? What are you saying that helps them make that leap? Well, we'll talk about process in a couple of minutes, but I guess I'll start off with uh, the some of the key aspects. Um, you know, you say wrap your head. I'm finding it's like turn their head around 180 degrees, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Mm -hmm. So first of all, the, you're, you're starting with the design of a product. The product is the module. And design is done up front, and it is design heavy. Now, you're going to leverage that design over a lot of buildings. So all that work is like an investment. Production is really uh, what comes from doing that design correctly. And, you know, design done right, frankly, means that there really are no decisions on the factory floor. Things come together the way they were designed. And we're using... Uh, uh, full parametric design systems. So this isn't CAD. This is the whole uh, really understanding what you're going to be put together. Um, then building design it has to do with taking those products and in a creative way uh, doing the architecture around high precision modules. And uh, we like to say, uh, you know, we use the word simply precise or simple precision and and that means that, in essence, precision is free. Uh, if you get the design done right, uh, you either make or buy the parts uh, to precisions of, you know, way down to a millimeter or so. When these things come together and when they're uh, put together in the factory and, uh, and stacked on the job site, everything fits. And so you have really, really successful cost, uh, high throughput, simple supply chains, implied quality, a repeatable process, and a very highly constructible process. So, uh, you know, it, it is all about getting the design right at the front. And frankly, that's what I saw in other industries. So I feel like I'm just applying stuff that's already known. So once you've got uh, their heads turned around 180, we'll go, with, we'll go with your metaphor. What's the process? Uh, how do you break down for developers and GCs uh, who are new to modular, how do you break down what needs to happen? Well, uh, what I'll describe to you is uh, a, a very schematic level process. Of course, we're the folks that try to help people get to this level. So you can't really lay it out like a cookbook. Everybody's different. But mm. first of all, you start off with a pretty high, highly uh, cross-functional team uh, to figure out what you really want to do in this project. Um, you're going to look at space planning, aesthetic goals, what's the target market, what's the revenue and cost uh, targets that you're trying to hit, what are the kind of expected building sizes or heights that uh, uh, you're going to hit, 
what are the climate and building code uh, expectations. Um, and, and to some extent, you're really just trying to put some limits on what you're trying to accomplish as a business. And it's as much as business as it is technical. And then you let all the cross-functional team go away and a small lean team designs a module to hit that uh, expectation. And uh, we, uh, we choose uh, commodity parts off the shelf and, and uh, go and actually get the parts, physically get them, make sure their data sheet matches what the thing is in your hands, uh, and really drive it down to all the way down to the fastener and, and get really, really precise about the cost. We also look at all the design expectations and we get all the way down to things like how doors are gonna fit and how the washroom's gonna work and all, all the details, uh, the floor, the height, the ceiling, the windows, the facade, all these types of uh, details uh, that we'll be using over and over and over again that helps again to drive cost. Um, and all of this needs to be based on a high level of precision and an expectation that the overall module is going to be built the same way every time. So when, at the end of that, this small lean team will have a, a very specific bill of materials from which the whole uh, business uh, is figured out. So now you've got a whole lot of content. We still don't know what kind of building we're going to build. Mm -hmm. Then. You bring together, and in, in, in engineering worlds, uh, we call this a stage gate process. To make it simpler, it's really an all-party review. And uh, you have a meeting of, uh, that, again, that, that cross-functional team, and you check whether the module design is the right one. And if you want to tune it, change it, send it back to the drawing board, uh, change the bomb, uh, come up with maybe one or two permutations, not 20, that's the time to make sure you get the green light. And, and, uh, and then, once again, you uh, uh, send them all away and create two uh, lean design teams. So uh, one is gonna take these products and design a building. They're gonna be looking at the structural aspects of the building. They're gonna be looking at the overall architecture, the, the aspects of the local building codes, the aspects of the site, um, and now we're actually building a building. And to some extent, that is similar to traditional construction, but it's really formed around uh, the module and the product, it, and you don't let anybody um, uh, extend beyond that. So if you're going to have two four forms of modules, you don't let somebody suddenly design a building into five, um, you know, because it should all be based on the the commodities off the shelf and the details off the shelf. Um, and then in parallel with that, a factory is designed if one doesn't exist. And to date, what we've seen is people working in spaces that they buy or lease. Um, obviously, there'd be a different story if they had the greenfield. And this is the stage where with the business plan, we discuss output, throughput, quality, what are the, uh, the, the finishes? What materials are going in there? Is this a high volume factory, uh, you know, um, low mix, or is this gonna be a bit of a low, a high mix, uh, low, low volume? Maybe it's a high luxury product. Uh, 
And this goes into, you know, the orc chart, the quality control, the equipment that you're going to use, who you're going to buy things from, where you're going to get the frame for your module, and then how does that, you know, fold into your factory. And, uh, and so now you, you've got a building design and you know how you're going to make the modules. Once again, you stop and you get that cross-functional team together, see what you've done to the bill of materials and the cost and the business plan, and make sure that all the work you've done so far uh, is, is meeting the goals. And then you can go forward. You can start buying parts and materials, um, and you can start getting the factory ready or the, the site ready, and you can push go. Now, everything I've just said is a little bit idealistic because what's the typical thing in the marketplace is people kind of building the bicycle while they're riding it. Hmm. And uh, that, that's not a disaster. That can be done, but it does take a, a degree of, uh, of discipline to know uh, you know, the decisions that you're making and make sure that they're very transparent. Well, that's a fantastic process you just laid out. I'm wondering, though, going back to the developer who's new to modular, uh, the owner who wants to build a modular building, what are some common mistakes that tend to get made by those without experience in modular construction? You know, I wrote some notes of what I was going to say, but the first one is really uh, a little bit of a light bulb goes on. I run into some people who have gone off and tried to figure out what they need to do. And then they got kind of married to their decisions. And that's just a sign of not thinking things through and then getting a little too committed and not being objective. And so I think that's a big one. Um, so first of all, what I the next comment would be, I've seen people regularly designing a building and then trying to turn it into modular. So we get called, they sent us drawings. We have to tell them a little bit of a go, no go. And the, the best thing is to hear more of that, what I was describing, which is the space planning, how many people are going to live in this place, how much land are we going to be on, uh, what's the layout of the typical buildings, these stuff. But what typically, uh, what we're seeing out of developers, the first mistake is they send us a drawing. They've spent all this money designing an actual building and then they ask to turn it into something modular. The next thing is uh, the developer or builder thinks that construction costs will be lower. Um, they're not for the first time. Just think very simply, if you have module building, you're gonna have two columns side by side. You're gonna have two walls, one beside each other. You're gonna have a ceiling and a floor, one on top of the other. Mm -hmm. So right away, you're, you're staring at twice the amount of uh, wall and uh, and ceiling space, floor space, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, now with the ability to repeat all that stuff, you're going to have the ability to bring costs down. Now, the game is speed. So if you start thinking about what is called heads and beds, um, you should be able to greatly speed up the ability to earn revenue. And that far outweighs the impact on cost. Um, and, uh, then the last thing, which is, you know, um, and this, I think people get this part, which is you now can do things in parallel. So you can be building stuff in factories while sites are being prepared. I, I think that message has been fairly well communicated. It's still difficult for some people to get their head around, but that's the least uh, worry these days. 
What can you tell me about the importance of communication during the project? Are there some best practices that you've learned? You know, this also comes from the experience I had in, uh, in other uh, businesses. Um, so strict project management principles, you know, hold meetings, meetings that happen on time, action items are recorded, owners of those action items are recorded, dates are kept. If the date misses, somebody resets their date. Simple, straightforward, strict project management. Um, so discipline. Keep the teams lean uh, and make sure they're communicating. Uh, we work with uh, uh, an approach called a Reiki document, Responsible Approval Consulted Informed, or what they call it, they, the acronym means. And that means everybody knows you know, who owns what and when. Um, so those, uh, the other things for communication is uh, we have one central database for all information so that people can get to it. One source of truth. There's not going to be two designs of people edit or change. You don't download the design, change it, and put it back. Everybody works with the one place. Executives need to have visibility, so they need to be holding 15-minute review meetings regularly, probably more up front and fewer down the road. Uh, but that means any types of major decisions are being made in a very transparent way. Uh, these stage gate reviews that I explained, they're critical to make sure that those lean teams are making good decisions and that it's visible so that they don't negatively affect the business plan. And lastly, and this is a real gem, you know, know what you do not know. And that's kind of a human comment, but folks, get a little married to their decisions, which is what I was saying earlier. Mm -hmm. And to stay objective and to stand back and go, do I really have this figured out and challenge yourselves and have other members of the team challenge to make sure that uh, we know what we don't know and then go find the people who understand how to, how to do this transition. So you've been a part of a lot of different industries, as you were talking about at the top. You've been uh, you, you got back into the building industry in 05, but before that, you were all over the place. I, I was wondering if you could tell us about some lessons that you've learned uh, during your time in the building industry, or really uh, anywhere. Are there uh, specific projects that you can tell us about that were particularly helpful in your understanding of the potential for modular construction? The thing about it all, so just take away the words and the technologies and all that stuff, because in, in, in fact, it's a human thing. Uh, the idea that a group of human beings should collaborate in a tight and transparent way is how you get amazing results. And, you know, we used to talk when I was in uh, a pretty sophisticated industry in tech that you put all these smart people in a room and they all take their name tags off and throw them in the corner and work for the success of the project and and that and also have confidence that the numbers are going to work out in fact that's not their problem somebody else is going to make sure the companies earn the profits they they deserve um, so in essence w w what this industry does by putting the product in the middle and having the various people that contribute to it suppliers customers uh, finance legal uh, distribution site prep, the factory, that those folks are collaborating in a disciplined project management way to have an outcome. That's, and I can describe airplanes, cars, modular buildings. That's 
that's what's needed. And when I entered the building industry in 05, when I was kind of shocked to see uh, a very linear, very combative, you know, he who, who does, you know, he, he who speaks first at a site meeting loses uh, this kind of stuff. Now, all of a sudden with modular, uh, it drives this collaboration to such a degree that we can all be successful. So I know you are a busy guy. What does 2022 look like for you? Well, we're seeing more and more developers and builders coming to us to help help them transition to offsite construction. And every time we do that, we get better and better. Um, we're not only doing the guidance, consulting, and uh, and rolling up our sleeves and doing, but we're also designing and building uh, equipment to go into these factories. And every time we do one, we learn something. And we're seeing that, you know, that invitation for um, uh, involvement growing quite considerably, uh, probably outpacing the industry. Um, because a lot of developers and builders are not necessarily thinking they're going to get their answer from the merchant uh, modular builders that exist today. They want to be in this business and they can. Uh, that's number one. Number two, you are going to see us with products in 22 uh, for both modular builders and steel fabricators. I'll just keep that a uh, little bit uh, in our cards to our chest, but <laughs> we will be rolling out products that help people as well. Um, so yeah, we're very excited about 2022. Awesome. So in, in the meantime, uh, until your products roll out or, or after, if people wanted to, uh, I know you, you said you, you hated the word consult, but if they wanted to consult or pick your brain or, or get you involved in a project, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, our website is catalystoffsite.com and my email is Blair at catalystoffsite.com. Easy enough. Uh, on LinkedIn uh, and all my contact information and phone number and so forth are on, uh, on the website. And I look forward to being a strong participant in the modular building uh, events and you'll see me there too. Well, thank you so much, Blair. Uh, this is great, great information. Uh, I appreciate your time today. Oh, before you go, I also want to mention that this information is also now available on our website in the form of, uh, in the form of an article. So thank you, Blair, for putting that together. You're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, my name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.